in by Kulusevski. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the podcast. My name is Cooper, and before we begin, just want to give a shout out to everyone that still listens to us. Uh, We can be found on Twitter at UpTheSpursPod, and that's the only place you can really find us. We have a blog that we put two posts out. Um, Maybe we'll put some more out in the future. But that is currently in the link in our bio on Twitter. We don't have an Instagram. We don't have a Facebook. But we are on Twitter. If uh, you do care to drop a follow, please do. I'm with my good friend, Zach, today. Ian is abroad. Ian is abroad for the next two weeks. We are jealous because he is doing the turn uh, of the Mecca at Tottenham for the next two weeks. He has some conference up there, so we're also jealous. But... It's me and Zach today. Zach, how are you going? How you doing? How you living? Yeah, I'm good. I'm uh, here ready to talk about, you know, the most deserved three points I think I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, other than that, I'm I'm feeling good and uh, beautiful sunny day over here. And yeah, I I'm great. That's great to hear. That's great to hear. And I couldn't agree more. Of the most deserved three points I've ever seen in my life. And this whole wish wash about Brighton being apologized to by the PGMOL, you know, did that really happen? For what? For getting it right? Come yeah, on. come on. Come on. My God. Yeah. Uh, starting 11 for the match, it was unchanged. It was absolutely unchanged from our uh, last, I mean, to be honest, I'm blanking and I don't even want to open up ESPN. Draw. Who did we lose to? Or draw? Everton. Yeah, it was the Everton draw. Oh, gosh. Yeah. It felt like a loss. Uh, yeah, yeah, it did. Unchanged from the draw at Everton. Did you expect to change, Zach? Or you too, uh, is it too naive no. to think there would have been a change? The thing is, I, I don't know. I, I, I just don't really see where you change much in i mean you could argue dan juma or richie if they were back um to come back in especially like sun didn't have a great game versus everton so you could argue one of those coming for him but Mm -hmm. you know once we dive into this match find out that was probably not the right call anyway so um no i think overall i was it's kind of what i was expecting um i was glad to see richie on the bench although Mm um i know I think Ali Gold or, or some some reports out there said that Richie was like really pushing to get on the bench, even if the the maybe the medical staff or team were like, eh, you know, maybe not. Maybe you'll get like a minute or two. Interesting. Um, yeah, but regardless, you know, he'll probably be more fit for the next game. Um, so it was it was just good to see him back. Um, but overall, with the starting eleven, yeah. I was content. I don't really see where else you change much. I think we're probably going to see that similar 11 probably the rest of this season unless something happens. Yeah. I, I didn't know if you could maybe argue putting Sar in there somehow, some way. Maybe. I, if you look at if you look at this year, maybe like post-World Cup, maybe actually post-Bentinker injuries, I feel like our best midfield performance has come in the 
away Milan match with yeah, Sar and with Skip. I thought Sar and Skip. Yeah. So I don't yeah. know if you can maybe. I think, and I also that. think maybe again once we touch on this going forward, um, maybe Pierre is getting a little leggy. Um, yeah. Probably could use a bit of a break, and seeing Sar in there probably. But then again, Brighton are a tough team. It, it's hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah, um, very good point. We did very get we point. did get the result in the end um, with that starting eleven. But yeah, I I would like to see Sar maybe involved a bit more going forward. But yeah, like I said, overall content. Didn't really expect too many changes. Yeah, uh, big big moment, big milestone for Sunny. Ten minutes in, hundredth Premier League goal. Which I just feel like he's been on 99 for this entire season, even though that's not correct. It's felt like forever, though. Yeah. yeah. What a strike, man. Oh, what? my God. The thing is, like, it's trademark son. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, you give him that ball in that opportunity. I have more confidence of him scoring that type of goal than I do with him, like, a one on one with the keeper. Yeah. Especially you know? this season. Yeah. His curlers are just when he hits in. I think he said in reports, or I think there was a an interview out in play interview. Yeah, there was something like that, or I thought there was maybe it was like out in when we were out in um, Asia for the preseason tour that he just talks about how like he works on that shot. He's worked on it for years, that Mm -hmm. specific shot, and that's his you know that's his bread and butter. So. Good to yeah. see him scoring again because, like we kind of touched on just momentarily, his performance versus Everton was awful. Um, and there's no really sugarcoating that, but to see him kind of come out and I don't know, kind of take the game by the scruff of its neck in that moment and just put that beautiful ball in, yeah, it was great. It was great. I was really happy for him. You could tell how much it meant to him and the and the team. Um, there was a video afterwards, I think, of him in the locker room or everyone's just congratulating him. Yeah, and yeah. So really happy for him. Um, I love Sonny, and hopefully, we've said this how many times? Every single time he scored, hopefully, it kickstarts him to get back on form. Um, if, if but we'll see. If there's any time for it to start, it would be now. Um, it's got to be. Fun little question for you. Uh, Perisic played the ball to Sonny, so he's technically given the assist for it. He is now topping the charts, or joint top at the charts for EPL assists for Spurs this year. Can you name the next five players? Oh, uh, are you talking about for Spurs? Just for Spurs. Okay. Just for Spurs, top assists for this season. Top assists. Um, Okay, well... In order or just in general? Eh, just in general, and I'll let you know in the order. I'm sure Kane is there. Kane is the last amongst amongst the five with two. Okay. okay. Um, probably, I'm sure Pierre is there. Pierre um, is technically tied for third. Yes. Okay. Or second, whatever. Um, I, I mean... Sorry about that. Um, probably Sonny himself. Sonny, yeah, Sonny's tied with uh, Hoiberg for four. You got two left. One that's tied with Perisic and one that is one above King. One that's tied with Perisic. I mean, the thing is, I I know Decky hasn't had a good season, but 
I thought in the beginning, I thought he had a, a number of assists, so he's probably there. Yep, he's got six tied with Perisic. Oh, look at that. Look at that. I know. Who has more assists, or not more assists, but who else would also be up there? Um, oh, wait a minute. Is it em No. No, I was going to say is em Emerson, but because he, he kind of went on that run for a little bit, but I nah, he's only got don't one. think so. He's only got, yeah. Um, I can tell you. Who? It's, it's Richie. Richie's got three. Oh, yeah. No yeah I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know he's had, you know, assists in the league, but just kind of didn't really factor him in. But is that really, crazy? Is that really too hard to believe? Yeah, no, just kind of crazy, man. But yeah. So so we get that minute. Uh, we get that 10th minute goal. And <clears throat> it really seems like just from rewatching it that we did exactly what we did against Everton, where we kind of reclusively curled in on ourselves and multiple different uh, chances for Brighton came about. 40th minute, I would put the video on the screen for you to analyze it, but can you walk me through the dunk goal that occurred? Oh my God, yeah. Because now... I just rewatched the highlights for this game right before we started the pod, just to get a refresher. Dedication, dedication to the craft <laughs> of this pod. Thank you. Woo! Here we go, baby. Um, up the Spurs. Um, but yeah, so it was a it was a corner for for Brighton, and for some reason, Dunk. I mean, Dunk starts kind of around the penalty area. Well, further at the top of the box, completely unmarked. And just takes off for the back post. And not a single person decides, hey, the tallest bastard here, do we need to mark him? Not at all. The thing is, I, I maybe we were doing like some sort of zonal thing. Maybe not. It kind of looked like Kulisevsky was kind of up at the top of the box with him. But he was a bit further out, so kind of in no man's land. Um, but he just runs back post completely unopposed and free header, uh, completely free header. And uh, yeah, it was just, I was so frustrated because we did our typical Spurs thing, like you said, where we reclused into the game and then we just get punished by just lazy and just, stupid stupid mistakes of not putting someone at least someone a body on the biggest target there is um yeah frustrating i i that that goal really really angered me yeah surely there's got to be a reason behind leaving the best header of the ball probably on the field yeah yeah know, surely you would you would think but also given that we it's not the first time we've seen something like this. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, there was no reason. It's just, we weren't thinking. Um, I, I, I just, don't know. I don't I, get how we can be so potent attacking wise from corners and so terrible defending them. And it's not, I, it's it, not just this yeah. season. It's been like the past nine years of Spurs. And one thing that I, I don't get is like, so uh, sure. If we're doing a zonal thing, 
then he kind of went into the zone where Romero was, but Romero was on Matoma, which also kind of didn't make sense. I mean, Matoma's <laughs> five, he's five ten, like he's not short by any means, but he's not Lewis Dunk. Um, right. But but I also I he, Romero was doing the job of like man marking his man. Um, it just I don't know if Kulisevsky was supposed to be marking him at the top of the box and just didn't go with him or yeah. if he assumed that someone else would swip up, switch off. I don't know. It's just, I don't, I just don't understand how you let Lewis dunk of all people get completely free in the box. Yeah. I saw a great tweet on Lewis dunk the other day and yeah. just raw take. I, I Lewis dunk is what Eric Dyer dreams he could be. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. I remember, I think it was maybe two seasons ago, we were in for Lewis Dunk, apparently. Yep. And I just thought, oh my gosh, that that's who I want. This just bastard that's going to kill someone and yeah. score yeah. six goals a season. Just sounds like a dream. But And the man, thing I, is, like, he's the, he's the captain, you know? Like, mentality-wise, he's going to be the number one person that is going to be, I'm going to get my head on this ball. And we'll just don't do anything about it. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Halftime rolled around. It was one one. Mm-hmm. There were some boos that rang out in the stadium. Oh, sorry. Did you want to talking talk? before we switch off? No, before we switch yeah. off from the first half. Um, one also touch on was first round, goal that was ruled out. Mm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. That was that was the first half, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, that. I just I I don't want to glance over that because man, like we clear handball. Clear handball. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> but he completely tore the defense apart with his run. Yeah. And I mean, I do <laughs> think at the end of the day, I does he control that ball as well if his arm isn't out like that? Probably. I do think probably I think it's debatable either way. I think I think it's definitely a 50-50 call. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I don't know that I was, I was for, I was thought for sure they were going to give that goal, um, because it kind of hit, to be honest, it kind of hit his sleeve and it's supposed to be like anywhere within the T is good, you know? So I don't know. I think I, I don't know. It's, it's kind of one of those things. I understand Brighton's frustration. I think we would have been frustrated if that didn't go in um, for us, but you know, we kind of lucked out today. And I think that was one of the first that we can really count our blessings on because uh, there was definitely more in the second half. Yeah, definitely. And I will say after watching a few replays, it's one of those where if it's not called, it's a goal. But if they call it, there's no substantial evidence there, to overturn yeah. it. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's and, it's not one of those where like I I think if they would have given it that they would have well, no, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, no, no, no. We'll we're gonna we're gonna dive into it a little further uh when it comes to the decisions that occurred because yeah, no, I, I really want to dive into those. But yeah, no, <laughs> great point. Uh, halftime rolled around. There were yep. some boos ringing out. Hoiberg had played, I think, like two or three 
passes backwards in a row, and the boos were just incredibly loud. He also just had a, a poor first half. Yeah, um, poor first half in general. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I think yeah. we were out possessed like 62% to 38 at home for a top six at club. Yeah. Like that's that's pretty hard. I, I can't, I think I even texted into our group with Ian. I can't remember the last time that a a top six club has been sh- uh, out possessed and outshot to another non top six club at half at home i just i think it's a little ridiculous but yeah that occurs is is there like we should have been down i think we should have been down two one maybe two zero yeah honestly yeah uh take away sunny's moment and it's an absolutely terrible half but i don't know uh about 10 minutes in was when i really started to get worried I mean, granted, it was 1-1 at half, and I thought, it's going to end 3-1, something like that. We're going to lose. Uh, a yeah, goal yeah. For... and that feeling. Oh, yeah, it was just that is that like, pit in your stomach. of like As soon as they bad. scored and our, like, advantage, like, was, you know, I, gone. Oh, yeah, I was, I was shaking in my boots. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. And about 10 minutes in, that kind of came full circle with a... I don't want to say well back goal because it technically would be a McAllister goal, but it's ruled out for a handball. I, well, two things. One, I want to talk about Hoiberg and Lloris. During mm-hmm. that, Hoiberg kind of mm-hmm. lets, that was, who was it? It was well back, go around him. In the easiest yeah. manner, and he raises his hands, flapped his hands at it, shot on goal, deflects off of McAllister, and it goes between like Lloris's arm and his leg. I don't know how. It upon rewatching it, I don't know how he doesn't save that. The stupid question. Does Forrester save that? Mm-hmm. Ooh, I don't know. I I I, I kind of am a little bit more lenient on Larice on that one because mm-hmm. I, I like I did watch it back and it it did look still savable, but again in that moment it looked like Welbeck was kind of aiming more for you know the farther post yeah. uh-huh. and Larice you know kind of has to correct himself while in midair to kind of he was already starting to dive it's it's hard I I'm more so angry at just. Hoybier and just the defense shot of letting that shot go. What what really bothered me on that, and because again, it's kind of a little bit more fresh for me because I, I just watched the, the highlights back. And I recall I'm more mad at Dyer and Hoybier on that because yeah. they're they're jetting down the the right wing and skip is there. Um and he's kind of got the job of Hey, I'm I'm currently like on two people, and he shouts back at Dyer to get on someone. Doc's looking the complete opposite direction. The ball is coming from. So Skip takes it upon himself to go after. Um, I can't remember who played the assist to Welbeck or who passed the ball. Was it but March? Skip kind of takes it upon himself to oh. I, whoever it was. It was whoever Skippy was 
was closing down. Skip has to take that upon himself to go after the player. And you would think Hoybier would recognize that and close that space down quicker, but he, he doesn't. And then, like you said, he kind of goes in way too aggressively, gets beaten like a, you know, as as easily as you can. And uh, yeah, and then Wellbeck puts the puts the ball on. He has time to look up even and put the ball on target. Um, but yeah, the deflection once again saved us. Um got to count our blessings there yeah no really have to count our blessings and when it was ruled out i thought there's no way like there's no way they're going to rule this out i i think that one's true i i get it because like it i mean it hit his elbow but man it was like still on i don't know very hard done by for brighton but i do i can see where they other the ref's decision came from but yeah again i think that was like big moment number two that we kind of benefited from and got lucky so then 58 minute just a few minutes after that it seemed like there was this massive bust up between Deserbi and stalini it looked like there was some afters before the match started like Deserbi and Stellini shaking hands and Deserbi just kind of, I don't know, didn't really have the greatest attitude towards uh, Stellini. And then before you know it, both of them were sent off. Can you, do you have like any, any insight into what happens, Zach, or is it just kind of yeah. a win? So like, like you said, um, the, when the two managers were doing like the, the pre-match handshakes, um, Deserby was already like furious with Stellini. Um, it was almost like reminiscent of Conte and Tuchel where like Tuchel just grabbed his hand and started yelling at him. But, um, Deserby started like pointing his finger in Stellini's face. And finally, when they like let go, um, Stellini just kind of like puts his hands outwards. Like, what, what did I do? Like, what's, what's, what's going on? And that kind of carried out throughout the entire match. Like if you watch, um, during, the goals um deserby kind of even turns to our bench and just really gives it to him you know like celebrating and uh oh. yeah then it kind of culminated in into this final like when that goal was written off i think that's kind of what might have tipped deserby over the edge and none of us really saw it like start because our, our our feeds were on the game but all of a sudden it like cuts to this big bust up and the thing is like Stellini is not involved at all man is just over there minding his business as much as you can be um he's like fully focused straight ahead on the on the players on the pitch mm -hmm. and uh it's like the the coaching staffs and Stellini or not Stellini and Deserbi um are kind of going at it and even players from the bench, like I saw Richie and Davis and Sanchez, like came to like break it up. It's not like it was violent or anything, but like there was clearly a lot of discourse going on. And yeah, then the ref comes over after some deliberation, speaking with, I think, the assistants and uh, gives both Deserbi and Stellini, <laughs> who didn't do a single thing, um, red oh, cards. Oh, yeah. 
it was the most it was the most italian like sign back to uh to the referee from stellini like what did i do like come on he there's a and it's going to it's perfect meme material but there is a photo of stellini the camera is kind of like right there in his face and after he gets the red card and is like kind of protesting with the referee a little bit he turns and just like there's a a a split second where he just stares like as Mm -hmm. dumbfounded as you can be and just like as surprised as you can be just right into the camera and like i won't lie it made me chuckle um but so i kind of listened to and read some stuff kind of as to what happened leading up to that and why Zerbi was so angry so apparently in the pre-match press conference um typically i guess um and this is what ali gold i i believe i think i think that's who i'm referencing um said that there's typically an italian journalist there from uh i won't even try to pronounce the the name um Mm -hmm. but from one of the italian papers um that is kind of usually there as like you know the the scoop for italy um I guess he wasn't there, so I don't know if the Italian media didn't translate well what was said, but essentially kind of summing it all up, um, Stellini was asked about Brighton, obviously, and Potter's work and everything like that, and so Stellini had really given compliments to what Potter had done there. And said he created like a great foundation and then said, and it made a good base for Deserby to come in and even take that to the next level. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was really complimentary of Deserby um, from everything that I've read and, and, and seen. But I don't know if that got lost in translation because I think some of the Italian media were like saying that Stellini was saying Deserby was just handed Potter's success. Yeah, you know, and, and kind of really downplaying what Deserby had done, and so what I think had happened, and what people are speculating is that Deserby just kind of saw those headlines, didn't listen to the pre-match press conferences, or didn't fully read the pre-match press conferences, and mm-hmm. probably just went into the game with that notion in mind that okay, Stellini thinks everything good here is because of Potter, and I'm and I'm crap. So I think that's kind of why Deserby was frustrated from the very get-go. And I think that's kind of why it culminated into that big, you know, scuffle at the end. And yeah. with both of them getting red cards. Yeah, and I don't I don't think Stellini's that kind of a person to, to He's not. No, speak out no. against other people in the in the press. So yeah, no, it felt it felt like a stretch uh, yeah. from Deserby. So maybe Yeah, for know. sure. And I felt for Stellini. Um, because like you said, he wasn't involved, but so what the rules state is that if there is a scuffle or, you know, something like that between the benches and the culprits cannot be identified, both head coaches have to take responsibility. So that's, that's why Stellini, um, got the, got the red card. Uh, I think from, from our end, I think it was one of the fitness coaches, um, so, but you know, who's going, is the ref really going to give the fitness coach a red card? Um, right. So yeah, Stellini and Deserby are gone and 
boy, let me tell you, did that. I don't know. I, I kind of felt like after that, the crowd or just the stadium just kind of electrified. Yeah. I uh you ready you ready for this 4D chess right here? Ooh, here we are. I think Mason may have instigated something along with one of the <laughs> fitness coaches to get the managerial job. Yeah, you know, money <laughs> mace. Know. Money mace. And also I just want to say big congratulations to Ryan Mason and his wife on yeah. the birth of another, I think it's their third child. I think, I think she gave so. birth a week ago. So congratulations. Yeah, uh, I think they didn't announce it until after the game. Um, I, I don't think they announced it. I think yeah. Stellini announced it. <laughs> like, I, I, think so, I think so. I think so. Yeah, because I, I saw that. And then like later that same evening, I saw Ryan announce it. So I kind of wonder if Stellini yeah. pulled that rug from under their feet. I don't 100%. know. But oh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Um, no, yeah, I'm, I... I'm... And and you're right. I think the uh, the crowd really got jeered up, yeah. and I thought that was all going to be for naught. When ten minutes later, probably the most controversial of the three calls yeah. that did not go Brighton's way, a foul on Matoma. It seemed yeah. Hoiberg steps on Matoma's foot, and it's very blatant. You can totally see it. Some it's people were so saying. Blatant. Yeah, some people are saying from an angle that you could see Hoiberg get a touch on the ball. I call peanut butter. I don't think he <laughs> did. But yeah. I, I want to pose this to you. If, yeah, Matoma was fouled, but did he need to go down screaming and grabbing his foot? Did you probably just, not. An, an, answer that, yeah. So he probably he probably didn't need to, you're saying? Do you, do you think, I know, I know where you, I know oh, where you're going yeah. with this. Yeah, so I'm yeah. saying it looked, it looked painful, and he's trying yep. to win a penalty for his team, just yep. like Kane getting clawed yep. in the eye, yep. and trying to get a red card for the team. So I think Ian Dark has been a little outspoken about this recently. Oh, 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 yeah, I've, I've, I've called the hypocrite out. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a big fan of that old oaf, um, yeah. that soggy tea biscuit. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and I just really feel like, hey, what Matoma did, he was fouled. He was trying to alert the referee to being fouled. So it's warranted in a in a yep. bit. But I'm I'm guessing penalty for you. Oh yeah. I the thing is when I first saw it, it, it kind of did just look like um Matoma dived. Yeah. Um from the angle I first saw it at. But then as they were doing the replays, I'm like, oh, that's a stone wall penalty. Mm -hmm. And when they didn't give it, oh, my God. Like, I I got angry for Brighton a little bit. Obviously, like, I'm still jeered that they didn't because, um, you know, it meant the three points for us. But I don't know how you don't give that. You yeah. know, it's, it's oh, God. And, Especially and with VAR. Like, yeah, that's the big thing with VAR. You're still not giving that. Yeah, like I don't know, and and you look at some of the other penalties that have been given this year, and you just think, like that's not as not as blatant as the one on Matoma. So, I guess yeah. part of me does have some sympathy for Brighton, but the other part's yeah. like, I think back to the Lucas handball against Sheffield United. Oh, that God, really... that was a travesty. Yeah, that pivoted our season entirely and it's just yeah 
ridiculous in a sense that all of these awful calls have happened against us so many times. And so I really, for lack of a better term, I don't have any pity and I don't yeah. have any sympathy for Brighton fans. Like the, the thing is, and you see this all the time, as soon as there's a bad decision in a big game, you, you'll see that team who it happens against call, call it corruption. And yeah. I just, I don't, I don't want to give the FA that much credit because I don't think they're for lack of better words. I don't think they're smart enough to be able to mastermind this big old corruption against anyone. Agreed. Um, I, I think it's just down to sheer, sheer incompetence. Um, the, the refereeing level is just horrible, horrible. I mean, and now if we're speaking on refereeing decisions this past weekend, did you also see the one in the Liverpool match? Um, where the referee elbowed Andy Robertson in the chin. Well, did you see the the comments from the PGMOL? They were like, uh, uh, "Yeah, oh, their yeah, their like, apology oh, yeah. to Brighton." No, 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 no. The one about Robertson and the referee. Oh no, see, I I did not re- read that response. They were like, "Oh yeah, Robertson was grabbing his uh, arm, so he just kind of shrugged him off and accidentally caught him." And I'm like, "Mate, come on." He- he raised his elbow so much higher than just it, to shake him off. And it was like a jab. Like, it was like yeah. a, yeah. No, no, no. So, I, exactly. Yeah. Like, that right there shows that there is still some incompetency. And yeah, a, a lot of it. And I just, that's the thing that really bothers me. And I know every league probably has their own issues. You know, there's no perfect refereeing out there. I get that. I'm I'm cool with some decisions going one way or the other, you know, it, it, with basic fouls. But, like, stuff like that, like, how do you – you can't – there's certain levels of incompetence that you just aren't allowed to do. And yeah. yet we're consistently seeing it in the supposed best league in the world. It's just like, when are we – or when is the FA or the the referee or the referees going to hold themselves to a higher standard? Because it's just not good enough. It's not. I agree. And I think at some point that this is like a little over the top, but people need to start losing jobs. Like let's. Yeah. Let's, oh yeah. No, yeah, absolutely. I get, I get it. They're all friends and they want to be cool with each other, but yeah, jobs need to start being lost and give some, I don't know, give some people in the championship some chances like referee wise and all of that. I, I, I'm still confused as to we added VAR and we somehow got worse. And if it is this massive bribery scheme or match fixing scheme, like that you're, I don't know if you're implying that, but you're, you're like halfway there. If it is, Hey, credit to them. Like they are doing it well. But at the same time, it's utterly ridiculous that we're in this high of a league and this high quality of a league, and there's still being this many blown calls. Like all the dives that Arsenal had against Liverpool, like yeah, they're all there. And I I don't know. I'm of the mind where they announce that hey, if there's a a dive in the box and we deem it to be simulation, it'll be a yellow card. I feel like I've seen that maybe twice this entire season. Yeah. And it was in like the first three weeks. Yeah. Like bring that back. Like I loved that. 
it, it was absolutely fantastic. But but then again, you're also relying on the referees to have the intelligence or or ability to point that out and 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 actually act upon it. And they just they're they're it's bad. It's just yeah. bad. I I wish that if there is a there's a a player that goes down and they're fouled or they believe they're fouled and they review it and the referee let's say gives a penalty and the referee goes to the the monitor and sees that oh it's not a penalty and it was a clear act of deception by that mm-hmm. player i think that should be a yellow card offense like yeah yeah but you will almost never see the referee like how many times have we seen the referee make a call, go to the um, go to the screen, and and anything but the call from VAR happens? Yeah. It's like I don't know. It's just it's frustrating because this technology is supposed to make things better, and yet here we are. Yeah, no, I'm I'm right there with you. But so I will say I do feel for Brighton, I, it, but we've also been there. So yeah. like I can only give so much sympathy because we've been there. It happens to every single team. And today, you know, we benefited. So great for us. Yay. I'm happy. Um, but I, I I can feel for Brighton, but still be, I don't know, kind of glad we we shithouse three points. Yeah. And I the only I mean, I know I just said I don't have any sympathy or like empathy for them at all, <laughs> but there is a touch of it because this is the third time this year, not this season, this year, mm-hmm. that the PGMOL has apologized yeah. to Brighton. Like that's a little yep. brutal, but yeah, all's all's fair in love and war. Uh, about ten minutes later, Romero intercepts a ball. Mm-hmm. Plays it to Sonny. Sonny. Plays it to Hoiberg uh, on a nutmeg, I believe. Beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. Beautiful. And Hoiberg cuts it back for a cane finish right on the edge of the 18. When when that happened, actually, r- around the time of the Matoma penalty shout, and then like yeah. five minutes after that, I thought Brighton's going to score. Like we all know it's going to happen. When that Kane goal went in, I thought, "Hey, man, top four is still a chance." Like, top yeah, is giving yeah. me hope. It's awful, but they're giving me this hope. And oh, what a goal! Am I right? What a what a oh hit! Oh my god! The thing is, and and even before that, just I also want to take a step back. Um, we saw a substitution right before that. Yeah. Um, we saw Dan Juma. Can you believe it? I, I didn't even remember that he played for us. Um, <laughs> but but we saw Dan Juma finally get um, some Premier League minutes. And I thought his energy was great. And while, yes, the, the main culprits of that goal was Romero's brilliant interception and, and then obviously to Sonny, Sonny's beautiful nutmeg and the smart cutback from Pierre. But one thing that I think might have gone a little unseen is that Dan Juma was making a run into the box. Great run. Um, a great run. And kind of pulling two defenders with him. And that left Kane wide open. Yeah. And 
as as wide open as he can be. And I, I just want to point out, like Dan Juma's effort in that goal was also, you know, pretty big. Um, but yeah, what a as as bad as like I think Pierre might have had a first half. He also is one of those players that can just have these moments where like he just kind of turns up in, when we need him, mm-hmm. and it's it's great. And this was another example of that. What like a smart ball to Kane, and you know just a, a great finish. And I, yeah, I was ecstatic when it went in and I don't know. I just something, I, I think when the sending offs happened of both the coaches, I just kind of felt like the electricity in that stadium, what like transferred to the field. And I, I don't know, I felt better about our performance. And especially after we scored that um, with money mace on the sidelines, like <laughs> I just, I don't know. I felt good. I felt good. Do you think do you think uh Dan Juma comes on if Stellini's still <laughs> coaching? The thing is, as much as I want to say no and I want to give the credit to Ryan Mason, um, I do think he does. Um, simply because I guess so. What I found out is when Stellini was sent off, he kind of went up to there's an area by the press box. And uh, where the tactical analysis is, uh, of course, yeah. and they've got an they've got an earpiece and everything. So I guess um, Stellini was still kind of instructing the team, of course, um, or at least at least giving his message to someone in the staff to pass on. So it's hard to say if it was his call, if it was Mason's call. Um, I love Ryan Mason, so you know I I want to give him the credit. I was gonna say, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you doing? Make sure Mason gets. The credit. I, I know, I know. I I love Ryan Mason, and part of me um, kind of wishes it was just kind of left to Mason when Conte left. It just it just feels right. He gets this club. Yeah, you could see how much it meant to him. Oh, man, I just, I don't know. I just I love Ryan Mason. And yeah, uh, that that six I was a second sad. clip of him jumping and celebrating Kane's goal, yeah, is just yeah. a thing of beauty. Oh, it's, really, it's great! Really, really love that. I I have yeah. for the notes for the last ten minutes. Uh, Mourinho is in a cafe in Rome, smiling <laughs> and laughing his ass off. It was a masterclass in time wasting from Kane, Horo, oh, Sunny, yeah. Romero, Hoiberg. It was just dropping, faking injuries, and I loved yeah. it. It was just, yeah. oh, the PSD resistance. It was just beautiful. And you and, can tell Brighton were frustrated. Yes. And and I think that's, I, Brighton feels like us five years ago, where yeah. got all this quality football. We look good. We're likable, fun to watch. We're winning. We're kind of disrupting the top six. But when it really, really, really matters, we cannot push over the line. And that's no, I saw I saw a bit of myself in Brighton, but it, I just loved watching Romero. First off, he did get stepped on by Dunk and mm-hmm. it, it looked painful, but he didn't need yeah. to drop screaming. I still no, but but that's the Argentinian, you know. Oh, I love it. Love I love it. Just the shithousery. I mean, how many times would we see Lamella act like the biggest tough guy out there? But the moment something happened to him, oh, he's down and he's he's making a meal out of it. I think that's just the Argentinian or South American yeah. nature. No, uh, but I, it is I, it is entertaining. Yeah, no, I agree. And now Tottenham are the only team to do the 
double over Brighton this season, which is crazy. Uh, Brighton now yeah. are in seventh, seven points uh, behind, and I think they have two matches in hand on Spurs. Villa, yeah, Villa now sit in sixth. Yeah, kind of crazy. Were, they were sixteenth when Emery took over. Like yeah. that's just crazy. I don't know. And it's kind of weird. They've gone very under the radar. Uh, like have. I, I know, I remember when Emery first came in, and maybe it's just my ignorance. But like when he first came in, I was like, oh yeah, they're picking up some good results. But then like I stopped thinking about Villa. <laughs> like I just yeah. I haven't thought about Villa like once. And then I went to look at the table um, after the Brighton game. I'm like, what? Like Villa? Yeah. <laughs> like they're they're in sixth. So like you know, good good on them. You know. Um, but yeah, Brighton still have two games in hand. So let's say they win both of those, um, then they're one point behind us. I, um, I so think, we really, yeah, I right? think in there they have to play City and Arsenal. So it's some mm. tough matches. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, but we're still like not in the clear, um, especially because like we're one of the teams that don't have any games in hand, and a lot of the teams around us do still. Yeah. Um, so this three points was absolutely vital. Um, it, I think, to be honest, I. Is it weird to say season defining? You know, it, no, if I, I we lost, weird. if we lost today, I just think any shot of top four is gone. I think Brighton carry that momentum and they, I'm, I'm, between them, United and, and Newcastle at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it really is. And we said three points. They, they would uh, be on 49 points. Sorry, they'd be yeah, on 49 good. points. With two games in hand, mm-hmm. if they, so yeah, they they'd be in a very good spot. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and we now sit three points behind Man U and Newcastle. Yep. Uh, we played a game more, of course, but we still have to play both of them. Yep. So I don't know. It's it's. I thought it was it's over. it's in our hands. It's in our hands, and that's also terrifying. That's terrifying <laughs> because yeah. we know how many times have we been here where it's it's been in our hands. Oh hey, we win this. We we're in third, and then we lose or we yeah. draw. Um, yeah. And so, man, yeah, I just if we could scrape points out of one of those games, I think it's massive. Uh, yeah, it's huge. It, it's pretty much if we want top four, we have to. If we get points out of both of them, oh, absolutely fantastic. I don't think that would happen, um, given our form and theirs as of lately. But you never know. Spurs will be Spurs. Um, but I think, I don't know. I still think it's definitely within within a shower. Maybe. We will see. I'm not entirely confident, but hey. No, me know, either. Whatever but, happens. But happens. mathematically, you know, it it's still still could happen for us. Yeah. Uh, upcoming five matches for Spurs. We have Bournemouth at home, uh, Newcastle away, Man U at home, Liverpool away, and then Crystal Palace at home. So it's it's five pretty difficult matches yeah. uh, coming yeah. up, especially with Bournemouth and Palace fighting to stay out of the relegation zone. And um, the form Palace have found under Hodgson. Yeah. Oh my Ooh, gosh. Oh my god. Did you see? Uh, did you see Zaha's Instagram uh, story? No, I didn't. It was Roy Hodgson with sunglasses on 
Oh my god, really? It looks like the coldest thing. Like, I think there was also a picture of like a a dog with glasses yeah. on, like aviators. It was just yeah. Oh my god, goofy, goofy, goofy. Oh but, my god. Yeah, no, big five matches coming up. I I I'm really intrigued to see how it all kind of shakes out in the end. Um yeah. but I, I did want to ask this and I don't know exactly how much else there is to discuss, but yeah, maybe maybe we'll leave with this. I heard a great, fantastic question uh, on Twitter and on another pod saying, if it's now or never for Pochettino, which way do you sway? Like if if we don't hire Pochettino as our next manager, we will never have him as another manager again. Or... If we hire him now, this is the only time he'll ever coach Spurs again. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. So it's either we get him now or we would never get him. Exactly. So I I, I know you probably lean a certain way, but I'll I'll let you answer the question first. <laughs> yeah, I um I I I think so. Um I th- I think we I I would get Poch. Um, okay. I still think he's a fantastic manager. I think the club messed up by letting him go in the first place. Um, While I can agree to maybe some of the few points that maybe it's too soon, a lot of the same players are still here. I still just think he's an attack-minded manager. Um, I kind of, like, I'm I'm cool to disregard what happened with PSG. I mean, I'm glad that he won some trophies there and has that experience under him. But we've seen the best managers go to PSG and not achieve the they, absolute pinnacle they look of what like they, they are. Yeah, they look like they're in a mess right now, PSG. Yeah. And but they've always they've always kind of looked like that. And it, it kind of hasn't mattered who's there. That it's they don't they don't win the, the Champions League, which is their ultimate goal. Um so I think I kind of judging him based on that is a bit harsh. Um, But the thing with me is like, after the managers were both sent off, I don't know if you heard it, but about half the stadium or more, I I don't know. I don't know. Maybe half's a a bit much, but like, did you hear the chants? Oh, they were so loud. They were so loud, loud, singing Pochettino's name. And while you can argue rather that's, rude to the current players and staff or or maybe i don't know the current coaching staff especially i just think it's sending a message um about what a lot of the fans kind of want um immediately also following those pochettino chants were levy out chants that were still pretty loud i don't think they were as loud they were still pretty loud um so i don't know if it were me if it was hey you either get poch now or you never get him I'd take him now. Um, I just think he's a great project manager who also has that ability to build a attack minded winning team. And I, I don't know. I would, I kind of hope that whenever he does come back um, that he just kind of has a renewed kick ass, like, okay, you weren't there for me. You weren't like, especially if it's with these players who, you know, he knows a lot of them. Mm-hmm. I, I hope he's able to weed that out and be like, okay, when I was here last time, like you let me down, you weren't here for me, blah, blah, blah. Go. It's time. It's time to go. 
Um, and I think, I think if Pochettino does come back, I think it's a huge admission by the board that, Hey, we got this wrong. Um, and I think just making that appointment in general is admission of that enough. Rather they come out and say it, which we know they won't. Mm-hmm. I think just doing that is admission enough, which I think that's probably why a lot of the board don't want him back because they don't want to admit that they're wrong because yeah. we know how their egos are. Um, but I just, I still just think he's a fantastic manager. Um, I think he loves this club and I think the fans are crying out for someone who loves this club like they do. And you don't get that that often. You don't get someone who, to be honest, I think last summer there was rumors that Conte was going to leave. I think if Conte would have left, Hotch would have jumped ship on PSG. PSG, that massive institution to come back to Spurs. I, 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 I believe that. So I don't know. If it was Poch or never Poch, I'd take Poch now. Okay. Where are you? Fair. I, I kind of know where you are on things. Um, but that's also kind of an interesting question because while you might not be Pochettino right now, would you would you wh- where would you fall on that? Would you take him now if it meant never having him later? Yeah, I don't know. I think it's for me, I think about it as like a TV show that I used to love. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. What's a good example? The office. Like I love okay. the office to death. Do I want a sequel of The Office? Is it going to be as good as it was the first time around? Mm, That's interesting. But I don't know. I mean, I've never thought of it that way. There is is that love for Pochettino. Like, there is that I'd love to see dad come home, like, from the store with eggs and milk. Like, it'd be fantastic. But I... I if I if I have to choose between now or never, I'm probably gonna say never because I'm scared of yeah him ruining the legacy that he's kind of already built. But I, I think you make a good point with the fans cheering for uh or singing Pochettino's name loudly. loudly. I don't but I don't like I don't have I, I don't believe that means they're wanting Pochettino. I mean I believe that means they're wanting someone like Pochettino, front foot mm. pressing football. So it's not it's not Pochettino or nothing. It's give me someone that brings back the days of Pochettino. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I think it kind of harps off the point I, I made. The fans just want someone who is excited and makes them excited and, and proud of this club. Um, and I think a front-footed attacking manager – who sticks to their ideals and wants to entertain the fans. I, I think that's what they want. And so while I, I, I agree, um, it, it kind of resonates off of that. Yeah, no. And it's, it's, it's really weird to say because I do love Pochettino and I'd love for him to come back to the club eventually. Yeah. I just don't think that's in the next two to three years. And yeah, I don't want to be the club that's always looking in the past yeah and i want to be moving forward but man i mean it's hard to deny like having pochettino come back of course but i don't know maybe maybe it's in five years but the the other part of the question is do you really think in five years pochettino's gonna want to come back like if we say no to him here do you think he's Mm -hmm. he's gonna want to rock up to spurs eventually again i don't know 
the thing is, I've I'm also wondering though, are are we the ones in the position to say no? Uh, you know, that's a good point. It does Potch want to come back? You know, because we're all kind of working off this assumption that like, he, oh, he'll he'll drop he'll he'll come right now, right now, right now, exactly. Yeah, and I don't know. We there's also kind of been reports that maybe he's like a little bit skeptical, um, which I don't blame him. Um, did you see? Kind of he's, leapfrogging into Potch. Use Perez. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah yeah. Explain for the listeners a bit. So, um, for those who haven't seen it, um. Um, Perez, who was um, Pochettino's like assistant manager, his number two, um, been there everywhere with him, um, had a, I think it was an Instagram post or a Twitter post it or was, something. It, it was a, it was a reply to, or not a reply, but it was a, it was a like a shout out to some directed, brand, like, yeah, for the yeah. analytics brand. Like it wasn't yeah, so even he, really supposed to be seen. He was using like some analytical software and it was kind of like a, promoted i don't know if it was a promoted tweet but just like um i don't know i I guess talking about that that performance whatever software and uh the eagle-eyed spurs fans or those who were like really paying attention and this just shows you how kind of crazy football fans are he had a tab open on his laptop and people zoomed in enough to make out what articles he was um he was he or what tabs he had open and uh <laughs> it was kind of funny he had a sammy muckbell um article open that was like why would any manager want to come and i think the headline was something of that regards want to come yeah. work for for daniel levy and so it was like a whole article kind of going in on like daniel levy and why he's kind of pigeonholed himself in this managerial pursuit and then there was another tab with Greta Steinson, um, who those who don't know, I, I, what what's Greta's like official title? Uh, sporting. I, it's like perf- performance direct. It's yeah, some, some weird director role. But Greta's employed by the club, and you know, working within the club, um, and uh, yeah, kind of had Greta's profile pulled up. So obviously, doing some research into Greta Steinson. And so that kind of on top of like the, the Sammy Muckbell article, it, it was like, man, obviously like Spurs are still on his mind. Um, and then that kind of correlates. Well, Spurs are probably on Pochettino's mind, you know, and then it begs the question, are they researching this to like, see if maybe they want to come back? Are they researching this to see if they want to stay away? It just kind of brings up all these questions. And I just thought it was kind of interesting. Yeah. I, I can't believe that in their spare time, <laughs> they still fixate on Spurs, but yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I'd love to see him come back, but man, that'd be interesting. That'd be super, yeah. super, super interesting. Yeah. Jeez. Could you imagine that? Oh, see, the thing is, and kind of going a little bit, just a little bit more. I wonder if, cause I know there's some people with the mindset that like, Hey, if Potch does comes back, it should be with a new set of players. Like once this old crop yeah. is gone, but then I also wonder if this entire old crop is gone, will that connection, I don't know, without familiarity still be there? Will the club still, I don't know, be reminiscent as much as they are of those times with Pochettino? I don't know. I don't know. You know, that's a good it, point. And hey, that's, that's the whole sequel conversation. Cause like in five years, 
are we going to be craving the 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 good times of you know 2015 16 you know it'll be 2028 you know that would be nearly 10 years ago you mm -hmm. know it's do what you know is that what we're craving something from 10 years ago that that's a lot of time oh yeah so we'll be coming our i don't know like in, i, I kind of think it has to be um in the next few years if it's going to happen or it probably won't yeah and I mean, are we really going to want him in five years when we're coming off of our third consecutive Champions League title? Like it's oh, under who? Under who? I know you want me to say Ryan Mason. That's not going <laughs> to. Well, no, no, no. But under who? Ah, uh, oh, jeez. I yeah. see. I don't really even know who the next Spurs manager is going to be. I mean, yeah. I thought Enrique was dead set for Chelsea, and then they freaking signed Frank Lampard again. Oh my God! That uh, just yeah. yeah. I, 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 I'm, I'm gonna give a weird shout. I think Nagelsmann still goes to Chelsea, and we probably get Enrique, and it burns up in eighteen months again. <sighs> but yeah, man, I don't know. If, yeah, if it's we... it's hard to tell because everything is changing every week. Yeah. We see a different manager link. It's kind of been mm -hmm. quiet a little bit lately because. I think kind of the hysteria has died down a little bit. I don't know. I think we've also kind of just accepted that we're not going to get a manager till the end of the season. It's ridiculous. So ridiculous. Yeah. Well, I, I will say though, it's kind of funny because everyone was comparing us to Chelsea being like, Hey man, Chelsea's on their shit. They're looking. And for then what did they do? Yeah. And they, yeah, they brought back Frank Lampard. Like, yeah, let's cool it. Like, I know we shouldn't yeah. really compare ourselves to all these different players all the time, but all these different teams, I mean, but mm -hmm. like, come on. If... We we also do have a, a tendency to like, again, it's an echo chamber. We only like, we only see our house burning. We don't see everyone else's like clubs having issues. Yeah. Um, And we always think other clubs are operating perfectly by comparison and I guarantee you ask their fans and they have frustrations out the wazoo with their mm. own clubs that we, I think, kind of don't see um, in the same way that probably other clubs don't see ours. You know, they see us as well. I mean, still fighting for top four, yet sacked a manager. I think we were technically like fourth when we sacked our manager. So yeah. like from outside clubs, maybe they're like, why the heck are you doing this? But right. then. It's only us that see the inside and see how bad things kind of were. So, yeah, it kind of puts it into perspective a little bit. Um, and then, I don't know, Frankie Lampard back back at the helm. I yeah. would love nothing more than for, and not that I want to see Chelsea do well, but for him to do well enough to earn the job. And then just crash and Oh, again. God, it'd be great. It'd be yeah. Great. Well, in Spurs, I don't know if you saw this, but it's like Spurs are the only club. Like we're going through this whole midlife crisis and we haven't lost any of our last yeah. five matches. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, that, like that's what I was saying. Like you look at it from an outside perspective. Other fans are probably like, why are you complaining? Like what, what is so bad? Um, yeah. yeah, it's kind of maybe, funny. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe this is, maybe this is our peak. Maybe top four is our, our, our pinnacle. I don't, I don't know. say that. Don't I say I that. know, but I if if you're losing to Wolves and you're losing to like Sheffield United, like oh god, yeah, but, I know. 
don't know. B- big match, big match coming up uh, yep. against Bournemouth next Saturday. Saturday. Yep. Saturday. And yep. is it home? Yep. Bournemouth are kind of kind of weird right now. They've I'm looking at their yeah. last five matches. They've beaten Liverpool, lost to Villa, beaten Fulham, lost to Brighton, and then beaten Leicester. And oh my god, I'd love to see so Leicester. So following that, so, oh me too. Following that oh. trend, sounds like they're win loss, win loss, win loss. Their last Boom. one was a was a win. There you go. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, there's no team in the Premier League you want to take lightly because it's the Premier League. Anything can happen. Um, but at home, you would think we could get we you know we could get the points from Bournemouth. Mm-hmm. If we don't, then obviously we don't deserve top four. Well, um, yeah, it's even arguable that we would remotely deserve this season anyway. Yeah, but that's yeah, that's the. That's the mindset that I've gone into all of these different matches with recently. Like, hey, if we don't beat blank, we don't deserve it. If we don't yeah. beat, um, if we don't beat everything, we don't deserve it. Like that, yeah, kind of yeah. Uh, mindset. So I don't know. It's but luckily, I don't know. Other teams have like yeah. kind of stumbled a little bit. So I mean, obviously, it's going to require <laughs> us pulling up our bootstraps and getting the job done. Um, and obviously we can take some points off the teams in ahead of us, but you have to win games like this. If you want to, if you want to be in that conversation. Yeah. Uh, two, two predictions, uh, for you and then, and then we'll probably close it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have a score prediction? Oh God. Oh man. Um, probably another nervy two, one. Yeah. I was thinking two, one, two. Yeah. Um, yeah, two, one. I don't think right. it's going to be comfortable, whatever it is. No. Um, I would like it to be, but oh yeah, just and then yeah. Last question: Do you think think we go with the same starting eleven? Probably, probably. Although I think it would be fun to see Dan Juma back versus Bournemouth. Um, yeah, kind of, yeah, the vibes. <laughs> yeah, just for the vibes. And the thing is, I I know we kind of talked about like, oh, you know, Mason will be in charge, but I don't know if Spurs are going to appeal the red card to Stellini or if it's going to be enacted for Bournemouth. I don't know. Yeah, don't man- know. Re- Manager red cards are a bit different than player ones. I, I also don't think we really have any grounds because like they had to stop the match to have yeah. the referees break up the assistants. So probably yeah. not, but I, I get what you're coming from. Yeah. yeah I'd, so I'd love to I see know. Dan Juma in Kulazewski's place or something like that. Yeah, I think so. I think just, I don't know. Decky's just kind of been off it, um, yeah, for a lot of the season. Um, but he's still, you know, we also got to keep in mind he's what twenty two. Like oh, he's yeah. a young he's player. Fine. You know, it, you're gonna have these patches. Um, Son, you know, one of the most dec- not I say most decorated, but one of the most clinical players in our attack for years is experiencing that. You know, so it's not it's not just a. Uh, uh, just being young, like it, it happens to players. It happens. So, who are whoever it is? I hopefully, I I would like to see maybe Dan Juma just for the energy that he kind of brought at the end mm-hmm. of Brighton. Um, I I think I think that might be good for us. I think it kind of offered us also because Dan Juma I think is more two footed than 
than Decky is, or at least he's more comfortable on the left and Sun's definitely two-footed. And it kind of allowed allows us to maybe change up how we attack because I yeah. know in previous seasons, you know, Sun would kind of constantly be changing what side he was attacking from. And with Decky being so heavily left-footed, beautiful left mm-hmm. foot, but very heavily left-footed, you kind of don't see that. Um, so I wonder if it kind of someone like, you know, someone like Dan Juma maybe allows us to change up our attack a little bit. Yeah, possibly. That's a good thought. We will find out this Saturday against Bournemouth. Um, Zach, thanks for jumping on the pod, man. It's, of it's course, of you, course. Dude. No, it's always so well, I would say it's always good to talk Spurs, but um, it's a lot better after three points because, man, there were some pods where it's been tough. <laughs> yes. And, and, and as we agreed, it was the fairest three points of them all. So oh, absolutely. I, I think Brighton fans arguing corruption are just delusional. Um, and I don't see where they're coming from. I, I couldn't agree more. We have been the up the Spurs podcast. You can find us on Twitter at up the Spurs pod. You can find Zach at the THFC. You can find Ian who is no longer uh, well, not no longer with us. Whoops, oh, man. <laughs> Jeez, he is not on this pod or the next one at Ian underscore Arch. My name is Cooper, and you can find me at, at an American Spur. Thanks for tuning in and listening. We'll uh, catch you in a bit and up the Spurs.